testimony on on Friday night. I'm just going to share it. Like, at the prayer room, um, I love the prayer room. Can I just tell you that right now? The prayer room is like the embodiment of every everything that uh, God has put in Jamie and Nikki's heart in terms of encounter with God, meeting with him, with people, and then praying and releasing the kingdom and, and advancing each other forward uh, in that process. He knows that when we encounter the Lord, anything's possible. Amen? Anything's possible. So he creates an environment intentionally where we can meet with the Lord, pray, intercede, and then even just pray for each other and see breakthroughs and miracles. So in the process of that on Friday night, um, I got to hear this testimony that two weeks ago, on a Sunday morning, uh, this this daughter and mother uh, actually had... A situation the mother has had, from my understanding. Now, I might get a few of these details wrong. Forgive me. I'm not going to get the two really important ones wrong. <laughs> so, so, but I'm going to, but I'm going to do my best. Okay. So, uh, mother went into the hospital, had been dealing with clogged arteries, and had had kind of a, I don't want to call it a heart attack, but like mm, not exactly. The heart's not working perfectly, so I need to go in. So they d- went in. While they're going in, the daughter texts one of the people here at the house and says, pray for my mom. I don't want her to have a heart attack, um, and please pray for her. So they continue on to the hospital. The intercessor here makes this declaration, Father, clear the arteries completely. And not only that, Lord, but everybody who enters the hospital room for the rest of the day, Lord, heal all of them as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Right? She gets a call back from the, from the daughter, I don't know how long later, a text back and says, Mom went in, they can't, they can't find any blockage. She feels great. She's completely healed. There's nothing in there. Now, I'm not sure how this next part transpired, but they found out later in the day, the nurses told them or communicated with them, every single person who came into the room that she had been in that was coming for surgery, because they were all having to have surgery, not a single one of them had surgery. They all went home without surgery, healed without blockages. Now, this was my reaction. I was listening to it on Friday, and I'm like, what? You gotta be, that's awesome. Like, that's all the stuff we believe for, dream for, pray for, declare for. It's happening, has been happening, will continue to happen. And it's going to happen with you and me, right? This is, this, this is where it's going to happen. It's with you and me as we make declarations and see God's kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I mean, wouldn't it be lovely to see our prayers answered in that fashion and to have boldness to pray, to declare, not just for the person we know, but for people we don't know, to have kingdom experiences? Come on. I was really jazzed by that, as you can tell. Um, all right, but I better actually get to the word. So, but, but yeah, like, like that's really, like that's us. That's just who we are. That's what we do. And now I can't get my mouth around that and I have to type in my password. Hmm. 
There we go. All right. So let's pray before we jump into the word, okay? So Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this morning. Lord, we're looking to you. God, with our hearts, we're looking to you to hear what you're speaking, to hear what you're saying, and to be so uh, encountered by it, Lord, that it lifts it lifts all heaviness, all burden, all yokes right off of our hearts, off of our shoulders, off of our minds, uh, and into your kingdom, Lord, where there's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And we thank you for that because you love us so much. You love us so much. And we, we bless you in Jesus' name. And all, people, all God's people agree with that said? Amen. All right. So... Um, what I love about God, many things, but I love that God is very simple. <laughs> he's not complex. But the way he's simple, he hides sometimes right in plain sight. Right in plain sight. Um, but for the purpose of revealing his mysteries to his people. Like that's, that's our inheritance. Um, but his simplicity provides great comfort because it means he and his kingdom are accessible uh, not to just a special group of people, but to usums. Say usums. <laughs> We're an usum. They're accessible to us. It's not special people. It's his people that he accesses the kingdom or gives access to the kingdom uh, on a regular, everyday, moment-by-moment basis. And in fact, he's building it on the inside of us. So... I'm going to turn to our, uh, our scripture for today. It's Luke chapter 12, verse 32. This is going to be kind of the, the scripture we hang our hat on today. Uh, and it says, it says this. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Do not fear, little flock, for it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. How much work do you hear in that passage? <laughs> do not fear, little flock, for it's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So I want to just kind of want to walk through this uh, passage a little bit with you and kind of there's really five keys that the passage kind of shows us to receiving the kingdom. Not working it out, receiving it. Okay? Five keys. And the first key is don't fear. Don't fear. Fearing, fretting, being anxious of any little thing, really it comes from one of two places. It's either us, like Peter, when he took his eyes off of Jesus and started to sink and become fearful. It's either us taking our eyes off of Jesus or you get a little bit of help from the enemy to actually sow fear into your life, right? The crazy part is both solutions have to do with taking from the Lord or putting our eyes on the Lord and our trust in him and then exercising authority with voice-activated words to, to get it right in our hearts and, uh, and in the actual reality of our experience in that moment. So what am I saying? So 
So if the devil comes, the scripture says, resist him and he will flee from you. So the fastest, quickest way to resist the devil is to acknowledge he's bringing fear. Fear's not part of the kingdom. Devil, get behind me, get under my feet, get away from me in Jesus' mighty name, go. Boom. And then suddenly the atmosphere clears. I, don't, I can't even tell you how many times that dynamic has been in play. The devil doesn't like us. He hates us. He wants to actually hurt, kill, steal, and destroy from us. And he wants to use us. This is the worst part. He wants, us to, he wants to use us to actually help destroy our circumstances, relationships, friendships, and our callings. If he can create fear, nobody makes great decisions in fear. Nobody Pastor Jamie didn't actually just preach this not long ago, right? So uh, actually making decisions in fear, you're almost assuredly going to make the wrong one. So make sure you actually get in peace. We have this Prince of Peace called Jesus who lives on the inside of us, Christ Jesus. He's the Prince of Peace. So find peace before making a decision and then receive uh, the kingdom uh, in that context. Does that make sense? All right. So I want to tell you a story really quick. I'm going to grab a drink before I do it because I'm dry. Um, many, many years ago, Jan and I were missionaries in Ireland. And, and then we came back from Ireland, and the Lord called us to go down to Georgia for a six-month window of time. And uh, at that stage in our lives, there was a man who uh, was doing a prayer walk and had done a prayer walk all across America, north, south, and west to east. Um, and he had been uh, instructed by the Lord to start doing this in states. And so he was in the state of Georgia when we came off the mission field and we got into, uh, we got actually back to Minnesota and then called immediately down to Georgia. And while we were in Georgia, uh, being very straight up real about my own life, at that moment, I was petrified financially, because we were very, very poor and very, very broke. I was a very poor fundraiser in my 20s, didn't know how to do it, didn't like doing it, wasn't actually receiving from the Lord super well in that area. I didn't want to put any kind of stuff on people. I just didn't know what I was doing. Ever been there? Don't know what you're doing, but you called to something? Yeah, call the son, but you know what to do. What do you need? We need wisdom, right? Well, at that point, I, hadn't, I didn't have revelation about wisdom at all. But what I did have was this sense of pursuing the Lord and hearing his voice. And so when you hear his voice and you apply faith to the voice, you start to move in the right direction. No matter where you're at, you'll start to move in the right direction. And so uh, at this stage, literally almost penniless, the Lord was calling me to be without Jan and my children who were off to North Dakota for a season to be with her parents um, and lots of provision and lovely stuff up there. But the Lord said, you're not to take provision from anywhere else. You're just supposed to take it from me. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't know how to do this. So I'm driving to a city I have zero gas in my gas tank, and I am praying feverishly. I have no money. It's getting dark. I'm like, God, this isn't funny. I know you spoke. I know you spoke. But what am I going to do here if I run out of gas? We don't even have cell phones in this day, guys. It was that far back, right? So I'm like, what is going to happen? 
And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I hung on to the word, I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to provide for you. But you need to not make these decisions so that I can prove that I'm providing for you. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to make those decisions to borrow money. I'm not going to make those decisions to ask people for money. I'm going to talk to you, Lord. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to walk this thing out. Well, literally, I traveled on empty for 30 miles with nothing in the tank. And by the time I got to the house, I was so excited. I was like brimming. Oh, I was just like, what the world? You just did a creative miracle. And I had never been a part of one of those at that stage. That was the first time a creative miracle had ever broken out in my life. And I was so full of joy, unspeakable and full of glory. And literally, the Lord took me from that place all across America, no money, no talking to people. Now, people ended up like the Lord started talking to them. Like, hey, fill that tank up for him. He got no gas, right? So, but literally made it all the way back to Minnesota on nothing because of the voice of the Lord. And the Lord had taught me something. I can trust him. Financially, I can trust him. When his voice is leading and guiding, I can trust the Lord's voice. Pretty cool, right? You've had testimony. You have stories of the Lord's provision for you when you didn't know and you were tempted to be frightened. Anybody there ever? Yep. And you know, crying out to the Lord, hearing his voice and doing what he says, do not fear. It's the first part of receiving uh, the kingdom. All right, the second part, key number two. I'm just gonna, uh, so I'm just gonna read this again. So the first part of that verse is uh, in terms of Luke 12, 32 is do not fear. And then he says, little flock. <laughs> oh, I love this. Little flock, right? So I don't know about you, uh, have you ever been tempted to think of yourself a little bit bigger than a little flock? Have you ever been tempted? Like, am I really little? Am I insignificant? What are you saying, Lord? No, no, it's a tenderness. But he's saying to you, hey, you aren't such hot stuff. You're lovely. I love you. You're amazing. But you're not always all that. But who is all that, right? Who is So instead of magnifying yourself, Little flock is magnifying the Lord. Look, you're small, but I'm big. Look at me. Magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Literally, if we magnify him and he's always bigger, always bigger, right? Then we literally don't have to look at ourselves in that context. We just know we're magnifying him. And every solution, every problem, everything in his love and in his covenant with us is provided for in our vision toward him and making him bigger. And the craziest part happens, you know you've had this experience, you're magnifying the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together, and all of a sudden his anointing comes on you, the power of God's on you, you have creative ideas, suddenly you're, we're doing the kingdom thing that you're called to do because you're magnifying the Lord, fear is well far away from you, and suddenly he is big. And you're feeling bigger because he is on you. Have you had this experience? It's tremendous. It's, it's as you magnify him, he will completely envelop you, cause you to be strong. But <laughs> as you magnify him, just keep magnifying him. He's literally bigger, 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 bigger than anything, anyone, He's bigger than the universe, guys. He's huge. It's easy to magnify him because he's good. His character's good. 
and, and literally the kingdom is within him. We're going to get to that in a little bit. Um, all right, so that's, that's key number two. Key number three, so we're just going to walk this through here in the verse. It says, for it is your father's, and I'm going to pause there, just remember who's your daddy. Now, I've been on this a little bit recently, so you've, you maybe heard me talk about this, but um, God is your father. And God's relationship with you and I as sons and daughters of his, um, his uh, pleasure to bring us into family, into an identity, into purpose, into destiny, and into provision, it's all found in him as we identify him as a father. Now, the super simple part here, guys, is actually how you receive all of that. Um, again, many years ago, but this time in the context of the house church, Jan and I had the opportunity to go down to Honduras. And before we left, um, Jamie actually said to me, Jim, um, while you're in Honduras, if you're ever feeling just a little bit not sure of what's going on or whatever, just lean your heart back to us here because we're family. Lean your heart here and receive from what is happening here. Jan and I thought, Ah, it's pretty good advice. Let's see what, what happens. Sure enough, I kid you not, we got in situations where I'm like, honey, I don't know, but because um, there were theological things that we were struggling with, the teams that we were with, we loved them, but we were like, ah, I'm not sure. So we leaned our hearts, and the presence of the Lord filled us. I mean, filled us just as we leaned our hearts. It was so simple, like just turn your heart, lean it in, receive from what's happening here, and then we were able, with the teams that we were with, to actually, from a position of, of just serving the team, give the fruit of the house in those contexts so that it was palatable, so people were like, wow, that's really good stuff. And we, we became uh, full of grace and peace to the whole team in that context. But here's what I want to tell you. It's this simple with Father. So if you're wondering, gosh, you know, I have an identity crisis that's making me insecure. Honestly, people have told me, people who love me tell me I'm, I'm not secure. Like, there's certain aspects about behaviors, etc., and I could use a whole bunch more of security, and it's part, mostly because your identity isn't firmly rooted in the Father so that his identity is all over you and you don't need another one besides I'm a son or a daughter of the king. I'm a son or a daughter of my father. Identity, when you do that and you just lean your heart, that's all it is, just lean your heart toward the Father and receive from him. I, I, I don't know if you... We don't do a ton of soaking prayer at the house church. Um, but I'm going to say to you that there are times where in your quiet times with the Lord, with your times with the Lord, where it's good just to stop and receive from him. You don't know what he's saying. Like there isn't sometimes a voice. You're hearing from his heart. You're leaning your heart toward his heart. And you're asking him, would you fill me with whatever I need for this moment would you fill me with what's needed for this day, for this hour, for this next season? Whatever it is, Lord, would you just 
fill me. So as you lean your heart and you ask the Father, Lord, I need, like, identity. I need security. Actually, let's just do it for a second. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. You have this relationship with the Heavenly Father. He loves you. Turn your heart to him and just receive. Just receive what you need, whether it's identity, it's provision, destiny, purpose. Those four things are found in the Father. So, Lord, we're coming to you, Father. We're leaning our hearts. We thank you for that. All of those things in Jesus' name. Amen. I just wanted to give you a taste. You can hang out there if you want. Even now, it's totally fine. <laughs> but I want to recommend it as an ongoing thing to receiving the kingdom, okay? All right. Key number four. Receive what he's giving and how he's giving it. So for your father's good pleasure is to give you. Okay? So I love this. So our daddy's good pleasure is to give you. We're going to get to the kingdom here in a moment. But how many of you know God is not emotionless? Father God is not stoic. He is not a stoic, emotionless, unfeeling, seemingly God. No, he's not like that. He has good pleasure to give to you. <laughs> You're not a burden to him. You're the apple of his eye. He loves you like crazy. He's literally, I'm going to read a couple of other scriptures here uh, to you in this regard. Uh, first of them is Romans 8, 32. I think they're going to put it on the board here for me. It says, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Say all things. Are there anything in the kingdom that he's withholding from us? Is there? Ooh, you weren't so sure. So some of you are right. There's probably things he's withholding from us because we're not quite ready for them. But there's, is there anything in his heart that he does not desire to give to us? No. Say that louder. No. no, there's nothing in his heart that he desires to withhold from us. He knows that we're not quite ready in some areas to receive all of it. In fact, I think last week, uh, Jamie was preaching where Jesus was saying, I have so much more to deliver to you guys, but you're not able to bear it yet. Right? There's a process. But his, but his heart is, I want to give it to you. Can't wait to give it to you. Keep making changes so I can give it to you. Keep adjusting mindsets so that I can deliver to you the fullness of the kingdom and you can walk it out in the planet. Right? Nothing's withheld in his heart and his hands from you that actually uh, he doesn't want to, to give to you. But he's such a good father that he's not going to give what you can't handle yet. Right? So some of you might be in a place where you're like, I want this. And the Lord's like, it's a good want. It's a good want. 
It's a good want, but you can't handle that right now. So I'm going to give it to you as you mature and grow and become, then I'm going to give that to you. Because at that point, it won't destroy you. It'll be a blessing to you, through you, your family, the kingdom. You'll be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, which is the whole goal through our lives, right? So, but Father is literally, okay, Zephaniah 317. I'll give you one more, one more verse here, okay? Zephaniah 317 says this, the Lord your God in your midst the mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. It literally means spinning and dancing. Our dancers, like, dancers are just like seeing what the Holy Spirit's dancing, how Jesus is dancing, how the angels are dancing, and they're just dancing with them. Just dancing with them because God is a dancer. He will spin wildly, crazily over you, loves you, who will dance with you and over you. Oh, the with you part's so fun. Anyway, so it says he will quiet you in, with his love. <laughs> Just settle your heart, right? Like, hey, we got this. Hey, I know that everything's not working out exactly the way you want it to right now. Don't panic. Don't worry. It's going to be fine. You and I, we got this. It's going to quiet you in his love so that you hear and become centered again with him so that you can make great decisions and see the kingdom manifest again, right? And then he will rejoice over you with singing. <laughs> see, he is not emotionless. He's delivering to you and I the kingdom. He's delivering it to us. He's giving it to us. And... Uh, if we understand how he's doing it with great affection and love, like we sang this morning about his love, endlessly love, his love is love is love. He's just pouring out his love on his people so that we understand his good nature and so that we can trust and move in faith with his words as they come. All right. I'm going to share with you in terms of how the Lord kind of delivers the kingdom, how he gives it, and then our partnership with him. I'm, when I was in my 20s, before I met Jan, before I was married, I lived in San Antonio. I was in a church called Eagle's Nest Fellowship. It's in San Antonio, Texas. And, and uh, I was a really good evangelical boy until, um, until one of my friends at college, who was two years younger than me, um, who could pray like fire, and I was like, I don't pray like you. I'm just not going to pretend like I pray like you, but I would love to pray like you, but I don't know how to do that, and I don't know what. I can't muster that kind of. I know it's not in me. I was just being straight up on I've been authentic, right? I know it's not there. I don't know how to get what you got. I've been taught that what you have isn't right, right, in certain evangelical circles and in mine. Like it was, it was frowned upon, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, all of that was really frowned upon. And so I'm like, I'm with a group of people who don't believe this, but I'm the RA, the resident assistant for these two guys who were praying ceaselessly, actually, as I found out, for me, that I would get baptized in the Holy Spirit and start speaking in tongues. So my story, I'm reading along, and this lady had sent me a, a Bible study on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, 
and I was reading along, and then all of a sudden it just, like the light just went on. I was in a dark place, literally physically dark, with one light over me. The guys who were praying for me, one of them showed up at the door right as I'm coming to the determination, as I'm reading the scripture, and saying, the Holy Spirit's for today. This isn't ended. This never ceased. This is for today. What have I, what have I been doing right as I'm reading that? This is what happens. Knocking on my door. I'm like, come in. Stephen Evans walks through the door. He's got a basketball in his arms. He's sweaty, top to bottom. And he says, hey, Jim, how are you doing? I said, shut up, Stephen. Look what I'm reading. It's just like that. <laughs> he peered over my shoulder, looked at the passage of Scripture. He's like, this is exactly what he said, oh. <laughs> so he's really wise. <laughs> oh. So he sat down, and he let me talk. I'm like, dude, this is for now. Like, right now. He's like, <laughs> just sat there and nodded, yep. He said, will you pray for me for this right now? He's like, okay, I can do that. Yeah, let's pray, Jim. So he prays, and I begin the beginnings of a prayer language. Somebody probably needs to hear this, actually. Just the beginnings of a prayer language. And I start just a couple words, and boy, I tell you what, I'm like, oh, this is really weird. Like, speaking in tongues is weird. This is weird. I'm making up a language. I'm just, blah. Like, my brain is just on overload, right, toward the thing. Like, but I know this baptism of the Holy Spirit thing is for today. So Stephen looks at me, and he says, Jim, I'm going to walk out of here. Um, when I walk out of here, I think the Lord's going to give you more. I said, all right, I'm on for that, right? Uh, he walks out. All of a sudden, I have a little bit more. Not a lot, just a little bit, like a phrase. I had like two words while he was praying for me, and I was doubting both of them. And then I had a little bit more of a phrase after that, and I'm thinking, all right, God, this is interesting. I don't know what to do with this. He didn't teach me what to do. So he just kept saying those words over and over and over. Interesting thing happened, though. I started feeling the presence of God in a way that I had never felt the presence of God before. I'm like, wait a minute. This is good. This, this is interesting. This is good. And so fast forward, uh, I have this experience where I'm helping. Well, this is way fast forward. Um, but I'll just, I'll, I'll way fast forward for you. Um, I, I, long story short, I actually get fully baptized in the Holy Spirit. I literally don't want to stop talking in tongues, I'm talking in tongues all the time, to the point where people, I was a student teacher at that stage, and some guy looked at me and said, are you talking to yourself? I'm like, no, uh-uh, telling the truth, talking to the Lord, right? <laughs> Didn't tell him that, but no, I'm not talking to myself. So I'm like, I'd be a little bit quieter than this. Got to do it under my breath. But the presence, his presence was so strong. Faith was growing while I spoke in tongues. And I could tell that things were happening in my life uh, with the Lord and his voice and his purposes and plans, all of that. And then I had this experience where I was helping out a ministry with a children's ministry. And um, we were talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit with children because there is no junior Holy Spirit. In fact, kids are super receptive, and they hear it really quick. They hear the words in their head. They just start speaking them. There's no real obstacle or blockage. So we were watching just kids get baptized in the Holy Spirit left, right, and center. And they came to this one kid. We're ministering to him, put my hands on him, prayed. I asked him, hey, did you hear anything? And he's like, nope. I'm like, well, you're being authentic and real. That's good. 
I said, have you ever received Jesus? Nope. Would you like to? Yep. I said, all right, well, let's pray after me. Prayed with him. He prayed back. Just saw the light in his eyes, actually. I'm like, I said, good job. He said, now do you want to get baptized in the Holy Spirit? Okay, I'm going to pray again. Prayed again. I said, do you hear the language in your, in your head? And he said, I said, well, go ahead and speak it. And he comes out with this. And I was kneeling in front of him. I literally fell backwards. Like the presence of God coming out of his mouth. This little seven-year-old kid who'd just gotten saved, just got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Hit coming out of his mouth. I fall over. And I had never, so I had taken Spanish. You know, in Spanish, you got to be able to roll your tongue. Perro. You got to be able to do that. I could never do that. So later on, about two weeks after this experience, I'm just singing in the shower, praising the Lord, and all of a sudden, my tongue, I'm like, what is going on? Like, what are you doing, God? I'm adding to you what you already have. I'm giving you more. And, and I'm like, why are you doing this? And he literally said, look, he said, because you liked it with that little boy which I did. I was like, oh, it was so beautiful. I'm like, because you liked it, I gave it to you. I'm like, wow, God, that's awesome, super awesome. The, the Lord continues to give. It's not, it's not finite. It's not um, just a little bit. He keeps adding and adding and adding to whatever you have. To him who has, more will be given, right? The more will be given. So this kingdom journey and experience and walk it's ongoing, endless, and you can be expectant of more. Does that make sense? All right. So final key, key number five. It says, so the final part is the kingdom. So we'll just repeat the verse entire. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. All right. So the final part here is the kingdom. Now, if you're going to remember anything of this message, this is the part I actually want you to hone in on, all right? This is the part that says this. Love the giver more than the gift. The kingdom is the gift. <laughs> the giver of the kingdom, the creator of the kingdom that's our Father. That's our God. That's the Lord Jesus who's got all authority in heaven and on earth and is revealing the kingdom, right? But the kingdom is literally located within the heart of God the Father. And when he gives revelation to us, it's a piece of his heart and his truth that he shares with us, gives us callings and purposes and destinies. It's like this is a piece of my kingdom that I'm depositing and, and putting in your heart. It's a piece of the kingdom from my heart into your heart, okay? But what you do with that piece of the kingdom if you begin with your eyes to focus on that piece of the kingdom, love the kingdom. I love the kingdom. I love ministering in the kingdom. I love giving in the kingdom. I love the kingdom. What's happening here? It's very subtle, 
I just want to read you um, something here. It says, um, out of him flows the provisions of the kingdom. We experienced this. Oh, yeah. We did. We experienced this on Friday night at the prayer room. Uh, He gave us himself as we worshiped. He created in us through grace his faith to believe him for what he was doing, and then he poured provision for our individual needs, both directly and through the prayers and prophetic words of those gathered. But if you turn uh, these things around in your heart, in other words, if you start loving the gift more than the giver, and it's subtle, if you start focusing on the gift of the kingdom, more than on the giver of the kingdom. If you start relating through the outworking of the kingdom, then the place that you will end up landing is actually selfish. You'll end up receiving from God so that you can do the kingdom. And you end up going to God motivationally in your heart. I want this so that I can do this. I want that so that I can do that. And your motivations in your heart actually end up condemning you because they matter. And the Lord loves you. He doesn't, he doesn't want you to be in destruction. He will give you over and over and over and over opportunities to repent, change your mind, and relate to the giver of the gift as the primary love of your life. The primary love of your life is not ministry. It's not the kingdom of God. That's not the primary love. It was a person who saved our souls. His name is Jesus Christ. (laughs) It wasn't a kingdom that saved us. It wasn't a kingdom that gave us eternal life. It was a person. His name is Jesus. He's a super highly relational God. He loves us. He cares about us. And he's given each one of us in this room opportunities to actually speak with him face to face. And he's asking our hearts, do you love me most? Do you love me most? Because it's it's the Father's good pleasure, guys. Because do not fear, little flock. For it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. This isn't complicated. This isn't hard. You're going to receive from him... The kingdom. So you're like, thank you. But your eyes are on him. (laughs) Love you. Thank you for this. And yes, I'm going to do this because, guys, it's not just about relationship. He wants us to co-labor with him, right? But the priority of your heart, if your eyes aren't focused and fixed on him and you turn it around, you'll end up selfishly serving yourself in the kingdom and don't even know you're doing it. Don't even know it. Completely deceived, thinking, wow, I'm doing this and this for God. I think that passage of scripture that says, Jesus, didn't didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we do works and signs and wonders in your name? And Jesus literally looked at them and say, get away, I never knew you. I was never intimate with you. You never turned your heart to me personally, gave me your heart. You gave me something for yourself. 
and your heart is what I'm looking for. Get it right with me, we'll give you the moon. We'll give you the world. It's easy, it's already his. All right, can you stand up to your feet? So <laughs> I'm going to end. My, my wife woke up with a song this morning. And I don't want you to be offended at the source of the song. Some of you are going to know where this is from. But here are the lyrics to it. I was made for loving you, baby. You were made for loving me. I can't get enough of you, baby. Can you get enough of me? That's your question. Can you get enough of me? Come on, search the heart. Us, me, search my heart. Can I get enough of you? So Jesus, here we are. We're your people. We love you. We know you want to deliver us easily, the kingdom of God. Lord, it's your good pleasure. Lord, we, we sense your tenderness. Don't fear, little flock, for it's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. This is great news. Lord, we thank you for such great news. We do. We thank you for it. Lord, as we, as we ask you to search our hearts, because this is what it is, guys. We just ask the Lord, search my heart, try me. See if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in your way everlasting. Or create in me a clean heart, just like David prayed. Renew a right spirit in me. Because we want to receive your kingdom. We want to walk with you and love you in the kingdom. We want to give to you in the kingdom. We want to help establish the kingdom. We love the kingdom. We're not saying no to the kingdom. We're saying yes to the fullness, but Lord, we're looking at you and we're saying, Lord, we want you most. Come on, if that's in your heart, quietly in your own head, tell him, I want to love you most. Help me to get there authentically. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, if you've never given your life to Jesus, this is your day. Today's your day. Like, I want to know him. I want to love him. I want to give him my heart. He died for me on the cross. He died in my place. He took all of my sin, everything that separated me from the Father eternally. He took it on his body on the cross. He looked through eternity. He saw me. He sees you today in this place. It's not a mistake that you're here. You're literally here, and he wants relationship with you. You know he's highly relational. He's looking for your heart. He's looking for your heart. So if that's you, just raise a hand. Like, I want to give my heart to that good God today. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, I see that. Hallelujah. I see that. Yeah, it's good. Hallelujah. So, Father, let's do, we're going to do this together as a congregation. We're going to do a pray after me prayer. just want everybody to say this. For those of you who raised your hands, it's the first time you're ever doing this. Uh, we just, we just, we're going to welcome you into the kingdom here in just a moment. But let's pray this together. Say, Heavenly Father. Come on, do this boldly. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for sending your son. Thank you for dying for me. 
uh, in my place, Jesus. I believe you're the Son of God. I give you my heart. I, sac I literally let go of my life to you, and I receive your life from you. The great exchange. And I thank you for eternal life, the washing of my sins, and sonship in the kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, I think you need to give the Lord a big round of applause or people who just gave their lives to Jesus. Come on. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen, uh, there are prayer ministers going to be up here at the front. If you need prayer for anything, we would love to pray for you. Otherwise, God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of your week.